So I want to welcome you all here this morning to week three of a current series we're teaching called Crash the Chatterbox. And uh, really the big idea is that you and I, as we walk through life, have competing voices. We have the, the voice of God, the, 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 the promises of God speaking to us constantly. And then we also have the enemy. We call him the chatterbox. He's also speaking to us constantly. And there's a land grab going on between our ears, the competition for the real estate that takes place in our minds. This battlefield is constant. And the big statement that we're making through this series, Crash the Chatterbox, is of those two voices, the voice of God that's speaking promise and future and destiny, or the chatterbox who's speaking lies, who's speaking restriction, the voice you respond to will determine the future you experience. And last week, I talked about insecurity. Because one of the things that's important for us to understand is these two voices, they're often talked about or positioned as if it's somehow uh, a battle between good versus evil. And by the way, it can be. It can be the call of God to holiness versus the, the, the lies and the, and, and the trap of the devil to, to choose a different path, a path of destruction, a path of despair. And that's true, that we can listen to one voice and, and, and that will determine the, the journey we go on and, of course, the future we experience. But there's another implication to these competing voices. And the implication is sometimes... If we listen to the chatterbox, it's not that we'll take the wrong path. It's actually that we'll make no progress at all. That he'll actually try to throw up roadblocks to us making progress. That we'll actually find ourselves dead in the water. And, and before we know it, decades will have gone past. And our destiny is now way, way, way out of reach. And insecurity can do that. The big idea last week was this phrase that, that, that goes on. Often, on endless loop in our minds, us saying, I'm not something enough. I'm not strong enough. God calls us to do something that requires strength. And the chatterbox says, I'm not strong enough. I'm not experienced enough. I'm not confident enough. And in all of these lies that the chatterbox speaks to us that fuel our insecurity, God says, yeah, you're not strong enough. I am. You're not confident enough, I am. You're not experienced enough, I am. Whatever that blank is, God fills in the blank. You can listen to that. I encourage you to do so on our podcast. But this week, it's almost like this week's part two of what I taught last week. This week, I want to talk about something else, another roadblock that the chatterbox throws up to stop us, to paralyze us from from following God's promise and God's call and God's destiny. And it's this thing called fear. I wonder how many of you experience fear in your life, fear in your mind. And if so, my prayer is that God will speak to you today, teach you something that's going to see you set free to pursue God and his promises. I'm going to pick up and drill into a story uh, of, a little, of an episode in Paul's life. Now, Paul was one of the early church leaders. 
Uh, he, he, he actually started a lot of churches in a lot of places of the known world back then. And uh, the Roman Empire didn't really like what Paul was doing, spreading this message of Jesus, because they actually felt, found it a threat to them and their, and their power and their government. And so Paul uh, was arrested for talking about Jesus, you know, which, which actually is hilarious to me. Because in Western society, many of us, we're, we're frightened that our friends, if we talk to them about Jesus, might think we're a little bit weird. Paul was thrown in prison for talking about Jesus. Our first world problems, oh, my friends think I'm a little weird. Oh, really? Well, toughen up, princess. You know. So I'm going to talk about a guy who actually has been arrested, thrown in prison, and I'm going to pick up on a chapter in his life where he was actually on board a boat being taken to Rome with 275 other prisoners. He was just one of the, the prisoners, one of the convicts, as we like to say around here, David G. And, uh, and a private joke, anyway. Um, and uh, his mum got it, though. Um, so, Paul's on a boat. He's on his way to Rome. They're taking him to Rome. They're not taking him there for the pizza and the cappuccino. They're taking him there so he's going to be tried before Caesar, the ruler of the Rome, Roman Empire. This is a big, 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 big problem that Paul's experiencing. And uh, let me pick it up. It's, it's in, uh, recorded in the book of Acts. A guy named Luke wrote this. He's a doctor, so he's pretty clever. And uh, this, is, this is Luke's account of this particular little chapter. So by this time, we'd lost a lot of time. Now, if I was coaching Luke, I'd say don't use the word time twice in one sentence. But he's a doctor. They probably couldn't read his handwriting anyway. Uh, we'd pass the autumn equinox, so it would be stormy weather from now on through the winter. Too dangerous for sailing. Paul warned, I see only disaster ahead for cargo and ship. To say nothing of our lives, if we put out to sea now. But it was not the best harbor for staying the winter. Phoenix, a few miles further on, was more suitable. The centurion set Paul's warning aside and let the ship captain and the ship owner talk him into trying for the next harbor. Now, the moron in this story is the centurion, right? Because he didn't listen to Paul. He listened to the ship's captain and ship's owner. Well, at least that's what you'd think. But, but here's the deal. Baden, sitting here in the second row. Baden, when he was a wee lad, uh, joined the merchant navy. And uh, since that time, he ha- has had dec- a couple of decades of experience in ships, shipping, etc., so just suppose Baden was on board a ship and me, I don't even do catamarans. I was on board that ship as well. And it's getting a little stormy. And, uh, and I say to the captain, Captain, arr, it's not a good idea for us to get out of here because, you know, a bit stormy, a bit dangerous. And then he looks to Baden and says, Baden, what do you think? And Baden says, Mate, don't worry, let's go. The captain would be wise to listen to Baden and an absolute idiot to listen to me. That, that's, so that's the scenario here. Paul, not a sailor. The centurion ignores him and listens to the captain, the experienced one. Duh, right? Problem is, in this case, Paul is very much a spokesperson for, for God. And so whilst the centurion thought he was ignoring the voice of an inexperienced prisoner, he was actually ignoring the voice of God that was issuing a warning 
And he ignored that voice and went with the experienced ones and, and, and kind of took his chance on the weather patterns. The big takeaway, even at this point of the story for us is, is steer by the spirit, not by your senses. That should be an advantage to people who follow Jesus, that we have access to a sixth sense. You know, not just what we see, taste, touch, smell. We have God's Holy Spirit that can actually guide us, that can actually steer us, that can actually give us direction. Now, next week, uh, I'm going to teach about how God sometimes tries to protect us, whereas the devil, the chatterbox, tries to distract us. And uh, as we're going into perilous situations, God tries to warn us. And the devil tries to distract us and let us do dumb stuff. Um, so be here next week. Uh, but here's the deal. All of us, our lives are being steered by something. One of the classics is circumstances. Now, this was obviously the case for these guys. They're in a boat, storms coming. Circumstances mattered. I want to do a bit of myth busting. Some of you have heard me say this before. Some people, instead of being steered by the spirit, have this, uh, this uh, approach of open and closed doors. And maybe you've heard that. Maybe you've even said that, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, praying for God to keep that door closed. Or, or, or the door is closed, so I assume that means God doesn't want me to go through that. And, and then this door's open, so that's obviously, you know, confirmation that I'm meant to go through that. And the problem is that's not how we're meant to steer, open and closed doors. It's not, you know, the movie sliding doors. That's not meant to be how our life works, what's meant to be is steered by the spirit because sometimes God wants us to push through a closed door. It's called breakthrough. And then sometimes God wants us to not go through an open door because there's something that he doesn't want us to experience down that corridor. Even though we can, there's nothing stopping us. Steer by the spirit. See, see, in the old part of the Bible, they did all sorts of kooky stuff to try and figure out direction. They would roll dice, you know, six, six, and I do this, four, and I do that, you know. Um, they, 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 uh, there was a couple of, uh, this, this was a classic, where they got a little bit of uh, wool and they left it out uh, of, the, of the tent one night. And uh, if it was uh, frosty, dewy in the morning, they meant, we'll do this, and if it was dry, we'll do that. So leave your Ugg boots out the front of, uh, of your house tonight, and, in, and tomorrow morning you, get, you figure out what God wants you to do based on the moisture content of your Ugg boots. But they did all that stuff before Jesus promised us his Holy Spirit that would come and live in us. So we didn't have to road test the Ugg boots, roll the dice, we have God's Holy Spirit in us. And, and, and he does a bunch of things. One of which is offer us guidance. See, God speaks to us through his word, the Bible, and he speaks to us through what's known as the still small voice, his Holy Spirit giving us guidance. So don't be steered by circumstances. Here's a classic. Some of you are steered by feelings. Feelings. 
You make decisions from one minute to the next, one hour to the next, one day to the next, based on how you feel. And some of you are a bit more guilty than others. I'm not judging you, but, but let me just highlight that's not a very wise way to steer through life. It's shifting sand. It's being tossed in the wind. Your feelings can't forecast the future. Only God's spirit can. And, and, and so instead of hearing God's voice above all others, you hear all others above God's. And the problem with that is the voice you respond to determines the future you experience. So if we want to experience the future God has planned for us, we have to crash the chatterbox with the voice of God. All right. So what happened next? The ship was caught by the storm. Shocker. And could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it. And were driven along. When we stop listening to the voice of God and being steered by his spirit. Read those last two words. Driven along. Life soon looks like that. We actually cede control to the circumstances. We cede control to the feelings. We cede control. We give over control. We give control to people sometimes. Oh, that person really offended me. Well, don't take the offense. Just say that person's a moron and ignore them. It, it works. Two weeks ago, this is a classic. I love this stuff. Two weeks ago, I taught a little principle. I said this, not every comment deserves a response. It's a principle I teach our leaders. Sometimes the best response is to say nothing. Someone says something stupid to you. This is what you do. You put on your poker face. That's the response. T test me one day. I have a great poker face, which I've developed over decades. I was going to say centuries. Uh, we're not quite there yet. But um, working, up, working up to it. Don't you laugh. Um, and, and the next day, uh, I put that comment up on my Facebook page as one of the slides there. And someone made two stupid comments on my Facebook page about this, this, the, the principle, not every comment deserves a response. The good news is that it's my Facebook page and not his. And there's a delete function. So that's what I did. I deleted both of his comments. And I had a great day. Because I'm not going to be driven along by other people's stupidity. I'm not going to be driven along by feelings. I'm not going to be driven along by circumstances. And the same principle applies to us. We don't want to be driven along. We want to be drawn by God's calling, by God's leading, by his spirit steering us, right? And have you ever felt that way? Have you ever, you know, because this, this, this story, this is a progression. See, first of all, they pushed out of the harbor, started sailing into the storm, ignored the voice of God, big mistake. Well, guess what? When we ignore the voice of God and make unwise decisions, there's consequences. So all of a sudden, they've, just, they've got no control now. The circumstances are now in control. Feelings, feelings are a doozy. Not me. I have no feelings. But some people do. I've read. And uh, I have feelings. I just, uh, anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, Louisa, my wife, um, who's unwell, not here this morning. Uh, she, when we, we've been married now for 17 years and change. When we first were dating and, and in our early years of marriage, uh, 
her emotions were the things that drove her. She's a, she's a female, and I'm not being sexist, but women are far more better at being in touch with their feelings um, than us dudes. Secondly, she's Italian. And they, they just run on feelings. Um, and, uh, but it was a real problem for, for Louis. Like, that was really, really a problem. And uh, I'm, I'm saying this because I have a suspicion that some of you, maybe uh, this is your lid, and this is the thing that the chatterbox is uh, driving you along with your feelings. The book that she found is this book here by Joyce Meyer called Managing Your Emotions. I got it up there. Thankfully, since we bought that uh, 15 years ago, they've updated the, the graphics because this one is horrible. Um, anyway, just a design comment there for free. Um, managing Your Emotions, and I want you to also look at the subtitle, Instead of <laughs> Your Emotions Managing You. I highly recommend this. She's, she's a no BS preacher and writer, which is why I like her. A woman after my own heart. That video we showed, that's the, that, that, that's, that's the metaphor for people who, who, are, who are driven along by fear and anxiety. The soundtrack that's on Endless Loop in your mind is the soundtrack, what if? The question, what if? Oh no, what if this was to happen to me? What if this was to happen? What, and, and, and it just plays on endless loops, scenarios, and you're driven along. Well, Luke continued to record the event. We came under the lee of the small island. Baden, translation, lee? The non-weather side. Why could he just say that? Uh, stupid doctors. And managed to get a lifeboat ready and reef the sails. Translation? Pull them down. Oh, gosh. But Rocky Shoals, Shoals, translation, Reef. <laughs> this Bible stuff is so difficult. But Rocky Reefs prevented us from getting close. Uh, we only managed to avoid them by throwing out drift anchors, translation. Anchors to stop you drifting. Okay, I, 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 I. <sighs> it's okay, I'm getting the hang of this now. My forearms will bulge and I'll have start eating spinach any second now. Um, some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Next day, we only managed to avoid them by throwing out the drift anchors. Next day, out in the high seas again and badly damaged now by the storm, we dumped the cargo overboard. You see this progression? Ignored the voice of God. Driven along by circumstances that they were no longer in control of. And now doing like, you know, not very good Things like taking matters into their own hands, getting a little extreme, look at, start throwing things overboard. We typically, when you pack, I mean, I'm look, I'm no sailor. I keep telling you that, but but when you pack something for a trip, you typically pack it with the assumption that you're going to need to use it in due course. So, so it would suggest that what they're throwing overboard isn't, you know, the PlayStation and 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 the and the, and the, and the deck of cards. It's stuff that they we're, we're probably going to need. Well, problem is. When you ignore the voice of God, there's consequences. The third day, the sailors lighten the ship further by throwing off all the tackle and provisions. Hey, we might need... The... Oh. It had been many days since we'd seen either the sun or the stars. 
Let me just push pause there. People that are gripped and driven along by fear and anxiety will actually understand this metaphor because it's not a metaphor for them. It's reality. When you, are, when you have the what if playing on endless loop in your mind, when, when, when you, you know, I'm not telling you, you know that it can be many days, many weeks, many months, in some cases, many years since you saw either the sun or the stars. Wind and waves were battering us unmercifully. And we lost all hope and rescue, a hope of rescue. Wow. <laughs> and we lost all hope. Hope is the final frontier. They'd thrown everything else overboard. And then things got so bad that eventually they threw it, their hope overboard. When you have no hope, you have nothing. But it didn't start there. That's the thing. It didn't start there. It started with listening to the voice of the chatterbox and, and not listening to the voice of God. <laughs> I did crack up, though, when I was preparing this week because, <laughs> like, Luke's writing this. This doctor's writing this, you know, eyewitness account. Uh, and, and we lost... All hope of rescue. I wonder if when Paul read uh, Luke's first draft, got to that bit and said to Luke, what do you mean we? Don't speak on my behalf, buddy. Because the chatterbox wasn't winning the fight in my head. And let me, let, me, let me show you. What do you mean we? After they'd gone a long time without food, Paul stood up to them before them and said, men... You should have taken my advice. Now, by the way, in a couple of months' time, we have Mother's Day here at Elevate. Louisa is going to be preaching, and she's going to be preaching from that verse. Men, you should have taken my advice. That, that's the theme of, of Louisa's message on Mother's Day, all right? And all the women said, yeah, go Louis, right? Yeah, I know. I get it. I know the rules. I, I didn't know them when I first got married, but I found them out eventually. Certain rules, certain rules that they don't tell you about in pre-marriage counseling. Like when you hug your wife, never pat. Oh, occasionally a rub. Yeah, no. Well, I know that now. Don't judge me. Men, this is Paul, but you know, women, you've said this. Wives, mothers, you've said this. Not to sail from Crete. <laughs> then you would have spared yourself. The damage and loss. Now, look, I hate people that say, I told you so. Well, I don't hate them. I just hate them saying, I told you so. It's like, you know, yeah, all right. Shut up. Because by the time someone says, I told you so, you've already figured out that you're the idiot. You know, like, you don't need to be reminded and rub my nose in it. Should have listened to my advice. Yeah, I know. No, I know. Uh, duh. I know that now. Okay. Would have spared yourself the damage and loss. <laughs> now, now, have you ever been in 
have you ever found yourself in a set of, set of circumstances that were the result of you ignoring the voice of God? You don't have to, I'm not going but just, you know, and, 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 and doing things your own way and, and making your own decisions. You see, when we do that, there's consequences. God will actually, if we ask him to forgive us, right? But, but, but forgiveness doesn't actually get us out of the, the circumstances. Certainly not straight away. And, and, and at this point in time, everyone but Paul had lost hope. Because the circumstances had consumed them, had overwhelmed them. Well, I love this. Because Paul didn't finish there. It's a full stop, and I've sliced and diced the slides to make the point. Let me show you what he said next. But now. Things are about to pivot. History's about to change. Something's going to happen. Yeah, you know, should have listened to me. Here we are. But now. Now, I could preach all morning about just about that. Because God can change anything. <laughs> I, I do find this story intriguing, and I'm going to continue. I hope you find it intriguing as well. Because one of the important things in this story is, uh, and I meet people with this Affliction is sometimes when we get ourselves into a set of circumstances that God didn't create. He allowed it, but, but it was our stupidity. I meet people who, who wonder, who, who believe God will forgive them, but wonder if God will rescue them. Right? Because we need both. <laughs> we need God's forgiveness so we get back, you know, sorted with him. But, but we also need, God, God, I also need you to help me get out of these circumstances. And yes, I know I caused them. I know. And, and that, that's the tricky one. What if you lost your job because you were lazy? You're unemployed and you, you, need, you need God to do it. But now, what's next? What, what if you lost a relationship because you weren't loving enough? But now, well, what if you're in debt because you spent more than you weren't? Yeah, you know, yeah, God says you should have listened to me. And you go, I know. Please forgive me. He says, I do. I, I forgive you. But now, God, I need some circumstances to change. Are you willing to do that? Or are you going to leave me over in the thinking corner? But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. We're going to live. Yeah, ship, not so much. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. In other words, you are going to arrive in Rome. And ergo, because Paul's going to arrive in Rome, they're all going to be along for the ride as well. Great. Good to have a friend like Paul. Even if God doesn't think much of you, 
He likes you, buddy. And God has graciously given you the lives of all those who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Ah, nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So God's going to forgive you. God's going to turn the circumstances around. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit of casualties along the way. In this case, thankfully, it's just the boat. Fix your focus and keep up your courage. When circumstances, feelings, people are taking you down, fix your focus and keep up your courage. How do you do that? And, and, and I know, it's kind of like when you've lost hope, when you're in these circumstances, when you're being driven along, this, this sounds like something Dr. Phil would say, and you're not sure if it's helpful. But Paul's saying this. And one of the keys to being able to do this is to separate your courage from your conditions. If your courage is tied to your conditions, then when your bank account goes down, your confidence and your courage goes down. If your courage is tied to your conditions, when you lose your job, you lose your courage with that. One of the really important things for us as followers of Jesus to understand is we don't need to pray for more courage. Because God's already given us courage. What we need to do is keep up our courage. God says, be strong and courageous. The assumption is I've given you the courage, but you've got to use it. You've got to keep it up. Boat's going down. It's cool. Paul says, it's okay. My courage isn't tied to the boat. My courage is tied to God's word, God's promise, not the circumstances. See, some of you have been feeding your fears and now they're eating you alive. And it's time to stop feeding your fears. Stop listening to the chatterbox. Stop playing this what if on endless loop in your mind. Instead of focusing on your conditions, focus on the future. David and Zodwa there? Yeah. So David uh, diagnosed with cancer uh, mid part of last year and towards the late part of last year, the uh, cancer mutated and, and, uh, and uh, at the time uh, went to his brain and so on. And Baden and I uh, a few weeks ago went and visited them in, in hospital. And uh, <laughs> oh, it's great. Uh, so, so Baden and I go in. You know, men of faith, the men of power for the hour. You know, we're in the, we're in the lobby of Royal Perth Hospital. Yeah, pumped up. Come on, you know. Got big Bible under our... No, we didn't. But, you know, God's word in our heart. And, and oh, I took, in, yeah, took, took Bible out. Had, and, I, and I had some oil to pray for, for David and, and, and that. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we came out of that. We spent maybe an hour with them, David and, and then Zodwa and... Uh, we came, we, came, we came out of that. Maybe I won't speak for Baden. I'll, I'll speak for myself. I came out of hanging out with these guys for an hour, feeling like my faith and courage level was like pathetic by listening to their faith and their courage. They're only focused on the future. 
They're focused on the victory that God's already given them. They're focused on the word that God's already spoken to them. They're focused on the promises that God gives to them. And, and you can bet the chatterbox is, he hasn't shut up. Circumstances suggest that they should just be driven along. It's not great circumstances, right? And uh, they're doing this, fixing their focus, keeping up their courage. You see, the Paul, I think it's pretty safe to assume Paul liked the boat. <laughs> I think he probably preferred the boat as a means of transport across the water in a stormy sea. But his courage wasn't linked to the boat. It was linked to the fact that his life was in God's hands. So I'm going to leave you with this thought. For those of you that struggle with fear and anxiety, play this thought on endless loop. What if? Chatterbox, what if? What if? Lie awake at night, what if? Like the guy sitting in the in the lobby waiting to be interviewed. You know, these imaginary scenarios of the guy laughing at him, of the guy falling asleep on him, of the guy. These are all what-if scenarios. And, 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 and <laughs> to the point where he actually left before the interview even took place. None of the things he was fearful of actually happened because he, he backed out. And for those of you that play this thought, what-if, on Endless Loop, the chatterbox... What if, what if, what if, replace with this, even if. What if my kids stop passionately, passionately following Jesus? Even if my kids stop passionately following Jesus, I will not stop praying for them. I will not stop living out my faith before them. It's good. Even if it takes me two years to get out of the debt that I dug for myself... devil says, what if? What if it takes you two years? What if? You know, you, you're going to keep giving to your church? You're gonna, are you going are you, are you to keep it up or are you just going to go back to your old habits? What, what if? What if you do that? No, 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 mate. Even if it takes two years to climb out of debt and get back into financial freedom, I will still honor God first with my finances. I will still uh, uh, spend only on needs and, and, and not on wants for this next two years. Even if. Even if that, that business opportunity that I took up turned out to be all bubbles and no champagne, I will not stop trusting God for my future, for my business, for providing for my family. What if you don't get that promotion that you've been working so Even if I don't get that promotion that I've been working hard for. I will still turn up to work tomorrow and work just as hard and show my boss that he made a big, fat mistake. Even if. Some of you, that's a game changer. 
I don't know if it seems a little bit too simple. Some clever Jedi mind trick that I'm playing on you all. Yeah, it's pretty powerful, actually. I got a question, last question. Talk about this voice of God, the promises of God, the, 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 my strong advice to follow him. Some of you maybe haven't actually taken that first step of following Jesus, of actually starting a relationship with him. Actually, we're going to give you that opportunity right now. If you've never made that decision to, to, to follow Jesus personally, to follow him, it's not, the question isn't whether you've ever been into a church. The question isn't whether your parents follow Jesus. I'm, just, I'm asking you personally, have you made a decision to follow Jesus, to put your trust in him? If you haven't, we're going to give you that opportunity right here, right now. And all I want you to do is to show God that you want to follow him. You want to have a relationship with him. Just slip your hand up in a moment. When I see your hand, you can put it down. And then we're going to pray. So just looking right now. I don't want to miss anybody.